Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse. I'm Vicki. And I'm Ken. This is Doug with the episode credits for Season 4, Episode 12, Parks and Rehabilitation. Guest cast, Emily Burgle as Autumn and Patrick John Fluger as Ranger Evan Smith. Created by Brent Moat and Jane Espenson. Written by Ian Stokes, John Paul Nickel, and Michael Jones Morales. Directed by Larry Tang. Original air date, May 6, 2013. I have something to say. Ever since I started working here, what I thought I knew about the world, <laughs> it, it changes pretty much every day. And now, the episode quick cap. Season 4, Episode 12, Parks and Rehabilitation. Artie is declared innocent of any wrongdoing at the Regent Tribunal. Artie feels he needs to be punished, and Claudia feels that she also needs to be punished for stabbing Artie, even though it was for his own good to release him from the evil. Pete and Claudia head off to Oregon to investigate a ping of a man being sucked into the ground in the National Forest. Micah and Steve stay behind to try to take care of and try to get Artie to open up and begin forgiving himself. Pete and Claudia find evidence that the environmental group, the last people on Earth, may be behind the murder. But when a second victim is found and Autumn, an environmentalist, tries to escape because she believes she's next, they hear the story of the last people on Earth and find that the two victims, along with Autumn, were once members. They are being targeted. Pete discovers that Ranger Smith is actually the younger brother of Ryan Clayton, the one and only member of the last people on Earth to be arrested and imprisoned. Using the lantern, he intends to destroy the logging camp, leaving Autumn there to die as a terrorist. Pete and Claudia arrive and are able to disable Ranger Smith and bag the lantern. After following Artie around the warehouse and having their offers to help him finish Lena's list dismissed, Artie has no choice than to accept their help when the porthole he places where the feng shui wheel indicated wreaks havoc in the aisle. They are able to get the artifacts under control and figure out what had gone wrong with the wheel. Artie's emotions were overriding the wheel, so Artie allowed Steve to use the wheel to find the proper home for the porthole. Artie finally watches Lena's signature statement and understands that Lena really did understand what she was getting into when she came to work at the warehouse. Claudia and Artie have a very quick but necessary conversation and the healing begins. Artie did what he did with the astrolabe to save Warehouse 13. To save all of us. As far as we know, to save the whole damn world. Hi, we're back with Season 4, Episode 12, Parks and Rehabilitation. The artifact of the week, the lantern from the Corius Mine. Once belonging to the survivors of the Corius Mine disaster of 1906, where 13 miners made it 20 days underground as they tried to tunnel out. They were so singularly focused on their goal that the lantern was imbued with the ability to move and control Earth. Links to the warehouse wikis, descriptions of all artifacts described can be found on our webpage. What happened after the astrolabe? Brother Adrian, the, the, the stolen artifacts, the orchid. Lena. That wasn't Artie. What I know about the world, it, it changes every day. There's one thing that doesn't change. Warehouse 13 does not work without this man. We need him. You need him. So, what did you think of this episode? 
Um, I remember parts of it. Um, it was okay. Um, I think I liked the part about Artie. Then I like what we call that the A plot, that the B plot or the A plot. I think Artie would have been the B plot. The B, I like the B better. Yeah, that's how I think too. Usually, I know I'm going to remember the episode when I first see the beginning when whatever happens happens. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember it until the ranger, Ranger Smith, showed up. Oh, okay, yeah. And I specifically remembered him being in that. Did he play in one of those sci-fi shows? He's in the forty-four hundred. Oh, really? We just uh, took a little break from the forty-four hundred. Oh, he's Sean. He's the one who got taken, and he can heal people. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's the only reason. When I saw him, I was like, all right, I remember there was an episode with him in it. I remembered zero about the arty part of the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't remember the arty part. I remember something about the lantern. That's about it. Because I kept on thinking it was the guy from the camping company. Yes, so did I. So I'm going, well, you got that wrong. It's funny because on vacation I was watching a rerun from, I think it's Chicago PD, which I don't watch. It just happened to be one of the channels, the hotel guy. And he was in that too. Yeah, so it was weird. But anyway, Pete makes a really nice speech at Artie's Tribunal. Yes. And I really like when he is serious. He couldn't make himself be serious the whole time, but he was pretty serious. Right. Sometimes artifacts, they, they can do terrible, unspeakable things to people. I mean, heck, one time an artifact made me think I slept with Micah. Exactly. Claudia thought they were going to punish her as well, or at least say something about her stabbing Artie. Right. But both of them felt they needed to be punished, and neither one of them were punished. Right. Although, um, what's his name? The Regent. Why can't I remember his name? I can't remember it either. Well, what what up? Anyway, the um, the head regent guy that I can't remember his name right now did kind of say that that's something he would have to live with the rest of his life. He, you could hear Brother Adrian saying about the evil that you'll have to live with for the rest of your life. She died by my hand, and you will have to live with that. I feel that sentence is far more severe than any this tribunal could mete out. And the evil that will live with you the rest of your Mm-hmm. And that was it. And Artie was way off. To a certain degree, he was way off. About the evil? Yes. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Definitely. Yes. But then Pete and Claudia head to Oregon, where a man was sucked into the ground in a national forest. Not really the outdoorsy type. I think it was a good idea for her to come with me. And keep her mind off Artie. How's he doing? Well, he's been in the stacks all morning. Steve and I are going to go look for him in a bit. So... My question is, and it's probably a silly question, but it's just something I noticed. So when we saw Lionel, the first guy, get buried in the woods, he was sucked Mm -hmm. into the ground. And obviously we figured he suffocated. But the marijuana guy doesn't get buried. His face isn't even covered. He's in dirt, but his face isn't even covered. The only thing that I thought about that one, because he's not buried, I think it was the soil around him. You know, that the soil that was there is what kind of entrapped him. Like a web, like a cocoon. Okay, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Right. So yeah. It could be also the weight of the dirt. True. Because once it starts crushing you, you can't breathe. True. So even if your face is showing, you can't breathe. That's the only thing I got out of that one. When they were in there, I kept on thinking either Pete or Claudia 
was going to pull a leaf off and say, Dang, I haven't had one of these in a while. <laughs> well, Claudia did say it smelled like her guitar teacher. Right, yeah. <laughs> Pete was trying to look in the database to find the picture they found carved in the tree and on whatever was covering the marijuana guy. And it, it was funny that Pete can't remember his password to the Secret Service database. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's too for yeah. And Claudia got it for him. And so the logo was from the last people on Earth. And they were eco-terrorists. Pete finds a quote written on the wall of that burnt-out cabin that belonged to Ryan Clayton, who's the one who was in prison and died. Mm -hmm. And the quote says, In wilderness is the preservation of the world, which Pete knows is a Metallica lyric of Wolf and Man, but also is a Thoreau quote. And he remembers Autumn quoting Thoreau earlier. So Pete's kind of stepping up with the book learning. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was kind of impressive in this episode. Yes. Pete and Claudia get to her in time. She first tries to get away, but they get to her and find out that she's afraid of being next. After she tells her story, they immediately think, like we did, that Lockhart, the guy running the logging camp, was the one who was killing everyone. Yeah. But, you know, he was kind of a jerk. I mean, I understand he's angry. But when the Secret Service tells you to evacuate your site, you evacuate your site. Don't say my men will take care of it because they were all running. Right. But Pete sees that picture of Ranger Smith in the news clipping in Lockhart's office. Since Ranger Smith pretended not to know firsthand about the cabin earlier, Pete knows there's a problem with him. And then we find out he's Ryan's brother. But Claudia kind of relates to Autumn's story. Yeah, she does. Which is good because she doesn't know what to do about Artie. She she doesn't want to be around him. She feels guilty that she stabbed him even though she had to. Autumn tells the story about Ryan going to prison and he told them to stay away. But she said she shouldn't have listened because he needed her. Right. I should have been there for Ryan after he got arrested. He made it clear we should all stay away. I was young and scared. So I did what he asked. But he needed me. He needed all of us. And also, she said she was the one who made the anonymous call because he was just going off the rails. You know, he was getting dangerous and violent. And she even used the metaphor of stabbing him. So that kind of made Claudia think about her and Artie. And she did do it for a good reason. Yeah. So that kind of helped them resolve their issues. Right. Ryan, he changed. He had gotten so angry, violent. He wanted to do something like this, not just hit a place, but the people working in it. He said it was the only way we would get their attention. I couldn't live with that, so I did the only thing I could think of. I turned him in. I loved him, and I stuck a knife in him. And sometimes when you're talking with people, you'd be surprised um, how much either people have in common or some of the stuff that they have been through. And um, like I said, it may not have been the same thing, but it was perceived that, you know, the same thing. You look at Artie. Artie was getting out of control, and the guy was getting out of control, and she had to call out. She had to turn him in, and Claudia had to stab him. Right. And I think at the end when she talks to Artie for the two seconds that they resolve everything, she said, I had to do it. And he said, I know. And I think that's all she really needed to hear. Mm -hmm. I think she didn't know if he was angry with her for stabbing him. Yeah. So I think that's all she really needed to hear was Artie tell her that he knew that she had to do that. Right. And he understood. And even the same thing when he said he understood, he started understanding about Lena. Yes. 
because it was not him. Yes. But he kept saying she didn't understand, she didn't understand. And I don't know why the regent's name won't come to me. He said she did understand what she was getting into. She did. Mm Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't believe that. So at least a lot of things got resolved here. He finally watched Lena's, uh, what, do you, what do they call it, a signature file or something? Signature statement. She did know what she was getting into. She absolutely did, yeah. As a warehouse consultant, can you state that under no duress, you accept and understand your responsibilities? Yes, I can, and I do. And you understand the potential risks involved? Yes. The world is a dangerous place, and I know the work that the warehouse does I just want to be a part of that. Yes, I know that at any given time, my life might be at risk, but that's a risk that I'm willing to take to make this world a safer place, a better place. And we also find out it's been a couple weeks since the whole stabbing orchid event. Mm-hmm. So Claudia and Artie have been avoiding each other for a couple weeks. Yeah. Even Micah told him again and again that it wasn't his fault. He couldn't let go of it, I guess. And yeah, I well, Micah was starting to work my last nerves, though. <laughs> I know, I know. Because <laughs> at one point, I could understand you trying to get through to the person, but can you give them a break for a minute? Because sometimes they need to process it. Pete not to- too badgering. Right, and that's what Pete told her at the beginning. Maybe he needs space, but I think what she was worried about, and yes, she was on my nerves too. I, I agree 100%. But I think what she was worried about is if you give him too much space, because we didn't know at that time it had been two weeks right. when Pete told her to give him space. So he's had two weeks of space, and all he's doing is digging deeper into himself instead of... Right, but we're still not sure, because Pete's telling her to give him space. So could she have been still for two weeks badgering him? I this don't... is Micah. She's always badgering and getting on somebody's last nerve. <laughs> no, that's the thing we don't know, right. And I'm totally agreeing with you that she was on everybody's nerves, definitely. It's quite possible that she was badgering him over the two weeks, too. Yeah, and then Pete was like finally saying, you know, give him some space. Right. You know? We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, it is very likely you're also a fan of Eureka. And if you aren't, you should be. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. He had to have their help once the artifact went crazy, the porthole. So that was kind of oh, good. Yeah. But I wondered why Evan wanted to take out the logging camp because I knew he was mad at the group, the last people on Earth. But So I kind of thought maybe he wanted to take out the logging camp because he was the guy who got him arrested. But he just wanted to take out the camp and leave Autumn there to die. So she'd be found there and everyone would think she died as a terrorist. Right. That was kind of kooky. But I guess, you know, I guess if you're that wacko looking for revenge, that kind of stuff makes sense to you. Yeah, he just reminded me of the kid from the dome, the sun. From the dome? Yeah, under the dome. Oh, see, I, I never watched that. I can't remember his name, too, and it's been a while. It's probably like he tried to be in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, he got a son. I think the mother had passed away. He kidnaps the girlfriend and puts her in the bunker. But then the dome starts messing with him. And this kid, you know, nice little kid, he's just, and then all of a sudden, it, it like switch. And that's what it reminds me of. And I was like, oh, God, that's who it reminds me of. And I can't remember his name because it's been a while since I watched Under the Dome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I never saw that. I wanted to watch it, but I wanted to wait to see if it got canceled, and then it did, so I didn't watch it. (laughs) So we finally see where Lena worked, and she used that feng shui spiral. What is this circle? It's a feng shui spiral that originated in warehouse six. It reads our more difficult artifacts, determines the overpowering emotion behind their creation. So we can shelf them properly. Yes, it's how Lena interpreted an artifact's energy. But like we said, the porthole causes chaos. So he already has to get Micah and Steve's help to stop whatever's going on. And did you notice now they have a goo bomb? They have what? They had a goo bomb. Sorry, folks, you can't see the expression on my face, but my mouth is hanging open going. They have, <laughs> they now have a bomb that they could throw. Oh, the a per- bond. Oh. B-O-M-B, bomb. Oh, bomb. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. That they mm-hmm. could throw and the goo explodes. Oh, okay, I got you now. Yeah. All right, folks, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> We're always asking for spray, and they have a bomb, for God's sakes. Okay, yes, I got you now. <laughs> and then they use poor Steve as bait to catch Leonardo da Vinci's gargoyle. Yeah, I kept on saying he got scratched, so I'm going, I wonder what's going to happen to his arm. I know, because it's not a real gargoyle, so what, what kind of bite does that give you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, huh. And Artie has to let them help him figure out why the spiral wasn't working. And as it turns out, all the things that it was reading were Artie's feelings. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was just too damaged to use the spiral. So they let Steve, who's the Buddhist and is supposed to be calm and serene, use the spiral and it gives them the correct location. Now, will he become Lena? Uh, I'm going to answer this, but I'm going to cut it out. In Lena's signature statement, the person who's talking to her that we don't see, the regent that's interviewing her, was Valda. Oh, okay. So I wonder if he came back just to record that audio or if they knew where the story was going way back before he died and recorded it then. Maybe there's one for everybody. Maybe, yeah, true. Maybe they just record him for everybody in case they need him Mm -hmm. later on. But yeah, that was definitely Valda because I know his voice like the back of my hand. Oh, so you figured out who it was. Huh? you know the guy's name now no not the bald one valda was the one who died when they were in egypt oh 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 yeah i forgot about him he died a long time ago so i wonder if the actor came back just to record this or maybe you're right maybe they record one for all of them because it seemed like they had something for everybody you gotta figure they have the room when somebody dies oh yeah they had to set up the rooms so I'm thinking they gotta have something because in a way you kind of gotta protect yourself to a certain degree, and just like this came into play where it was needed for him to hear it. Right, but what I meant—I'm not explaining myself right. Of course, all the agents have a signature statement, mm-hmm. um, fictitiously, but the fact that they're using Valda's voice, who died way back in that—I think it was season two. Yes. I wonder if they had him come back just to record that or if they recorded a whole bunch of them just in case they needed them to play them later. Yeah, I think they record a whole bunch of them if they needed some later. I was just talking about the actor himself because he's been dead for two seasons. 
Right. Yeah. Random, random, random. And now for some random thoughts, facts, or things that we just thought were funny, or things that we just wanted to mention that don't really need to be discussed, but deserve a mention. But first, the funny. An ATV! Oh man, I love ATVs. Hey, hey Mike, do you think the warehouse could get it decked out? No. Hello? Go with Pete, they said. You'll love it. Sunshine and fresh air. Ow! Why am I so delicious to you? You know Vietnam's over, right? For those of us who've watched the director's cut of Platoon, it'll never be over. I'm Autumn Radner. Thank you for coming. It's great to see people coming out to help with their dads. Ah, that's what it feels like to be shot. Ranger Smith pretends he doesn't get the Yogi Bear references. That was too funny. I know. I'm not quite sure Claudia got it, but Pete doesn't stop trying. I'm uh, Ranger Evan Smith. Ranger Smith? <laughs> hey, Mr. Ranger, sir! <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you probably get that all the time. Hey, boo-boo! No, can't say that I do. What? No. No, the, the cartoon? Oh, and I know just the Mr. Ranger, sir, to lead Yogi and boo-boo directly to a picnic central. Freeze! <laughs> oh, great. Yogi's here. But Pete's face later when he realizes that he did get the jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like more important than anything else. He lied. He did get yes. the joke. And he's no Ranger Smith and he lied. He knows who Yogi Bear is. He's a liar. And then it was funny when Autumn thought Pete was Claudia's dad. Yes, that was too funny. And then he had to go on about how he isn't her dad. Uh, no, me and my non-related work partner colleague who's really not young enough to be my daughter person and I have some questions about Linus Bentley. So I have to ask, are you proud of me because I didn't have any astrolabe theories this week? Go ahead, girl. (laughs) I don't have any. (laughs) That's good. We're going to pause right here. We'll be right back. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Now I just finally figured out what you said. What? Yes. I'm believing they brought him back just to record that because, you know, they probably said, we need your voice. Now I get it, girl. Oh, okay. It took me a minute. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Duh. But see, what you yeah. said made sense, too, because maybe they recorded them at the beginning of the series just in case they needed them. You know, in case they didn't know where the story was going to go. Right, but then after you just come in and do just a sound thing, that's just too easy. That's, this looks like doing a voice for a cartoon. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, now I got it. I'm going, you brought him back from the dead. And I'm going, <laughs> no, Kim, in real time. <laughs> I was going to say, two old ladies that forget. <laughs> but I got it now. Oh, that's too funny. I think I did like that part. I'm kind of hoping Steve would be Lena. I, I do. You know, in my head, 
he would be good. Yeah. You know, he would be good because he's centered. Right. He's one of those that's, that's centered. He's level-headed. Mm-hmm. Yes. When none he, of the rest of them are. Yes. But he was sitting there. I was like, oh, you know, that's nice. Yeah. I, I enjoy that part a lot. I really did enjoy that part. I like the dynamic. Like I said, I always refer back to Indiana Jones. And I think the last one he did with the skull, it was like a circle. Mm-hmm. And things kind of adjust and move. The whole thing was part of a spaceship that was very underneath the stuff that Aztec Indians were building. Oh, Stuff like that, I'm fascinated with it. So, like, when I, when I went back to the room and tried to figure out, I knew it wasn't Micah. Right off the bat, I knew it wasn't Micah. But when he said that, it was like, and how stuff just plays, and, you know, Micah did read what was going on, but it was just, you know, everybody was working as a unit and already let his guard down. Yes, exactly, yes. That's about it. All right, then we'll see you next week for episode 13. All right, see you next week. All right, bye. I, I did what I had to do. I know you did. That's it. Not quite. Thank you. That's it. Hey, this is Dud Gramley reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the 13th warehouse. On Twitter at Eureka Warehouse. On Instagram at Eureka underscore warehouse. On our website at thethirteenthwarehouse.com or on Podbean. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Reflections in the Mirror, provided by Esther Garcia under their standard license. See you next time in The 13th Warehouse. And now we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.